Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love for NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. This 4th of July, we just had a really, really fun race at Talladega. Oh, my. (laughs) Talladega? (laughs) Talladega? What are you talking about, Talladega? Talladega, baby. Uh, Sorry, I meant the Brickyard. Yeah, the Brickyard. That's that's not a restrictor plate race. But uh, no, yeah, it was the Brickyard 400. Or actually, what was the... Do you remember the name of the sponsor? I didn't put it in the notes. The Big Machine Hand Sanitizer 400. Wow, good wow, job. Very good, Johan. Johan. Very good job. Excessive name. All right, so we weren't in Talladega. That was about two weeks ago. So apparently this is Giovanni from a time machine from two weeks ago. I've lost track of time. Help. <laughs> it's all right. So what, what was significant about this weekend? Well, the significant thing is that this is the first time the Brickyard has been a 4th of July race. Usually the 4th of July race has been at another restrictor plate Daytona with the Pepsi 400, now the Coke Zero 400. So maybe that's what it was. You were thinking 4th of July, restrictor plate racing, Talladega. Maybe that's where you got there. But no, it was actually at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, which is the first time, like Sebastian said, that they've done this for the for the Fourth of July, and this is actually w- was what was the plan. This was in the plan for NASCAR at the beginning of the year. This wasn't a date that was moved or or a race that was moved because of the COVID and all of that. Um, but anyway, another another week and another week of waiting until the race started. I think this race was supposed to grow green at like four o'clock Eastern. And didn't actually go green until probably, what, closer to five? Something like that? Yeah. And what was the reason? Because of lightning. Yeah, it was it was lightning. And every time they had lightning strike, they had to wait like 15, 20 minutes or whatever the case was. So anyway, they finally got racing, right? And uh, it's pretty straightforward racing for the first 16 or so laps. And then what happened? Well, uh, as always, the competition caution has to come out on lap 13. And when this happened, a bunch of the drivers went down to pit row. And as you know, Brickyard Brickyard. Indianapolis Indianapolis has the The most narrow narrow pit entrance entrance entrance. in the circuit. Yeah. Yeah. It's only 24 feet. Because, um, it's like an indie track. Yeah, that's exactly the reason. Because if you think about it, they only started racing NASCAR Cup Series in 94. And this track is well over 100 years old. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't designed for the modern stock car. But anyway, yeah, that's a great point, Giovanni, that this is a very narrow pit entrance and a very narrow pit road. So you got all these cars jamming to get in there. And then what happened? Well, um, uh, since a couple drivers had been had been had had stalls in the back, Ryan Blaney and another driver, uh, they had trouble getting into the pit stall and everyone in the back started piling up and an unfortunate event happened where one of the crew members on Ryan Blaney's team actually got smushed between Brandon Poole and Ryan Blaney's car. Yeah, it was it was really scary. And then. 
the, I guess the good news was that they actually showed the replay because if it was really, really bad, they wouldn't have shown the replay. And uh, they showed the replay and you saw the dry, uh, the uh, crewman. His name is Zach Price. He's a tire changer. And he actually got, like you said, he got hit and then he was like pinned for a second there. And then he was, he had enough thought in the moment to try to get himself out of that way as quickly as possible. But he was in, his leg was injured. So he literally kind of just crawled and dragged his way out of there. So yeah, yeah it his, was scary. Uh, and also his, um, the um, Jackman, he had to jump over the hood of the car in order to get out of the way because he too was going to be pinned had he not um, moved out of the way. Well, luckily, um, the crew member was taken to the hospital. I We think he's okay. He did have a smile when he was taken away. But this wreck did um, cause a lot of drivers to have their day ruined. Um, just an old guy who was replacing Jimmy Johnson due to earlier events. His car was damaged and he left the track. Martin Truex Jr. Ricky got Stenhouse caught up Jr. in it. Jr. Brendan Pohl, I'm also and they, sure So they were right out. off the bat. They were just, I mean, this was only 16 laps into it. And this is what happens. And yeah, to, to Sebastian's point, I actually had a friend of ours, a friend of the show, who actually sent an Instagram message wondering if he had heard about what was going on. And uh, he was happy to hear that the guy was uh, okay because I had sent him pictures that I got on Twitter of, Zach Price kind of giving thumbs up, smiling, and he was he was in good spirits. So uh, he was treated and he was released. So he's good. So anyway, getting back to the race, who won stage one? William Byron. He took the stage one win after having another car spin. I believe it was Ryan Newman who went into the wall and up. Uh, you either stayed in or stayed out. And William Byron decided to stay out. And he had a powerful car right to the end of stage one, taking home that victory. And kind of early on, besides, you know, um, some of the other things that were going on, you you started to think, well, maybe the Hendrick cars were going to do well. And so you're thinking, all right, you got a Hendrick car that won in stage one. Well, as the race continued into stage two and then eventually stage three, what ended up happening with the Hendrick cars? They did not do well. Um, they were blowing tires. Yeah, William Byron on the stage two restart, I think, his t- left tire blew and he had to leave. His quarter panel like came up and it, it like it, the rubber was just coming through his car and he had to take it. He had to take it out. So that was a Hendrick car. And then what are the other Hendrick cars? Alex Bowman. He um had a problem that a lot of people had during this race, where just they losing control and, and then smacking the, the wall. And then what about and I forget when it happened and we'll, we'll go in more into in, into the story about the 48 later in the show. But there was another driver in the 48. Who was that, Johan? Justin Allgaier. Not Jimmy Johnson. And how did uh, Justin Allgaier do? I mean, he was he was kind of part of what happened early on in that in that initial wreck. And then what happened in, in as the race went on? So the competition caution, which I would say the big one on pit road. Um, Is that what kind of messed up Justin Allgaier's yeah, day? Yeah, he tried uh, avoiding it, hit Blaney's car, and just got hit. And yeah. Was he able to recover later in the race? Yeah, he did drive, but then he was smoking and he had to... What, why he was smoking was it because of the accident yeah he had like a lot of damage yeah they tried repairing the car and it just was not gonna hold out and there's another Hendrick car so it just even though you had a Hendrick car that won stage one they just didn't do well Chase Elliott did 
pretty good. He was running up top 10 throughout the race, and I think he was the only one that finished high. Okay. Well, uh, so you had one out of four, so I guess not too bad of a day. Um, so then take us through the rest of the race. Who won stage two and what ended up happening? Kevin Harvick won stage two, Chase Light second, and Denny Hamlin third. So anyway, as we come into stage three, Denny Hamlin was Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick were probably the most dominant cars. And I believe on the restart in stage three, Kevin Harvick easily drove away and made a very powerful pass. He made a power move to the outside of Denny Hamlin. So who was the three wide? It was him. It was Hamlin. And then who was on the outside? Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. And Harvick. I mean, when you got a car that strong. I guess you're willing you to put go. it. You go, yeah, and he did, and he and he held his line. I thought it was going to be another Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin show, and that's like kind of what seen. But that's kind of what it was. And I even and I said that last week. Remember when we were talking about race picks? I said typically the drivers that do well in what other track? Pocono. Pocono. We'll do well do... here. And who are the most dominant cars in the Pocono weekend? Denny, Denny Hamlin, Hamlin and Kevin, Kevin Harvick. Harvick. And here we go again. Now, we we so we thought. So then what ended up happening? Denny Hamlin took back the lead after some pit stops and was able to lead for pretty much the rest of the race. And it seemed like he was winning. The announcers were talking about the fact that he had come so close and now he was finally going to be able to win it. And then seven laps to go off one of the turns, he rams into the wall and wrecks out. And he ended up blowing a tire. Yeah, that was really unexpected. Like, we didn't, we, I mean, like I said, it was going to be the Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin show once again. And then all of a sudden, we just see this, like, car just shoot off onto the wall. And, I mean, I am not a Hamlin fan, but I was just shocked. I sat there in shock. I think we all were. Like, that it was just. We did not expect that to happen. His chance of winning that race was just gone. He was just so dominant. And he was doing so well. Well, speaking of teams having one car finish for a team, Kyle Busch film was the only driver who finished for Joe Gibbs because Jones smashes into the wall. Hamlin smashes um, smashes into the wall late in the race. Then early in the competition, caution the big one at um, Indy, Truex gets hit. At Truex gets hit. And yeah. Kyle Busch had a vibration, but he still finished in the top 10. So, but let's get back to what we were talking about for Denny and 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 the fact that he was dominating. And, and you know, if you think about the year he's had, right, what other races has he won this year? The he, Daytona 500. I mean, that's the crown jewel. That's his third Daytona 500 win. In the last four years. In the last four years. Two in a row. And two in a row. He won at Darlington. He won at Pocono. Homestead? He, and Homestead. And Homestead is a significant win because in the years past, if you won Homestead, you won the championship. So he's having a really, really dominant year. And they and like you said, the it was it felt like it was so much a foregone conclusion that he was gonna win. The announcers were talking about how he had come so close, he just hadn't done it. And the fact that they even showed a graphic at one point that, you know, talking about his Hall of Fame career and the fact that he has the most wins of any driver 
that hasn't won a championship yet. Do you remember how many wins that is? 41. 41. Yeah. yeah. So he's got 41 wins. This was going to be win number 42. The Another driver that they they said that, you know, this kind of reminds them of is Mark Martin. Mark Martin won 40 times on the Cup Series. Won a lot more also in in, in what was the Bush Series, now the Xfinity. Xfinity. Um, so he's so they were comparing their careers. I mean, this is like another crown jewel race for Denny Hamlin. And then, boom, blows a tire with seven laps to go. Slams in, like Karen said, it was scary. We all got up. We were like, "What in the world did we just see?" And then I, we were a little worried because his net, his uh, netting didn't come down. You know, the the car netting usually that's a signal to the world and to the driver's pit crew when they get in an accident. Even though they're not supposed to get out of the car right away, they're supposed to let their car netting down so everybody knows. Okay, he's okay. He didn't let it up uh, down until the crew kind of came to check on him. I was really pulling for Hamlin because guess who was in second? Hashtag Kevin Harvick stings. Because speaking of Talladega, I remember, still remember what he did to Jimmy. Yes, that that happened a few weeks ago, and we know you're not going to let that go for a while. Johan, you may not like Kevin Harvick, but he's a better option than who was behind him in third. So yeah, so let's get into it. So we have the setup, right? And we're watching. Johan's favorite driver, hashtag Kevin Harvick stinks. He's like now in first. And then we have probably Giovanni's favorite driver, hashtag, what do you want? Matt Kenseth stinks. <laughs> Matt Kenseth Harvick stinks. is not my favorite. I know Harvick's not your favorite. Well, Sarcasm. just as, as upset as you are with Harvick right now, Gio is as upset uh, probably still with Matt Kenseth because of what Matt did to Joey a few years ago. But in any event, I'm mad, but probably look, not. Here's the mad. deal, guys. I don't care what you say. The man was out of NASCAR for years. Okay. okay. Multiple years. He steps into a car because of the bad situation that was created by Kyle Larson. And he is now running second average at the brick that you cannot call that average. He is running top five. At a marquee NASCAR event. And they said, which I thought was interesting. Well, some drivers have a good day. Some drivers have a bad day. We saw that with Ryan Blaney. We saw that with the Hendricks drivers. But guess what? Matt Kenseth was having a great day. Well, this was And I know it didn't make y'all happy, but he was having a great day. Yeah. I just said, drivers have good days. Drivers have bad days. This could be his only great day. Do you remember the stat that they put on about Matt had he won the race? He would have been the oldest driver to ever win at that track, which shocks me because of how old that track is and how many records are there. He would have been the oldest driver to win at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So here we go. Three laps to go. Matt Kenseth in second. Kevin Harvick in third. And then who was, uh, or I'm sorry, Kevin Harvick in first. And then there were a bunch of other drivers and, Again, I had, you know, I had picked Eric Almarola to win and he was in the top five. So here we go. Restart goes and take us home. All right. So here we are coming to the green flag with Kevin Harvick in first and Matt Kenseth in second. uh, Harvick is getting a big push from the people behind him and coming into turns one and two. Harvick just absolutely powers through and gets a huge jump on him. Matt Kenseth actually 
had had a problem trying to catch up to him. And for the rest of the laps, Kevin Harvick had made his way all the way to the he had, he had uh, led the rest of the laps and ended up winning the race. Another win for Kevin Harvick. If I'm doing my math right, I think this is career win number 53. Another marquee win that he can put on his resume. And actually, I believe he's the only the I think he's the first Cup Series driver to win at the Brickyard back to back years because he won it last year. So, yeah, he had a really, really another great race and another great weekend for him and that team. But let me talk about that team for a second. Stuart Haas, they're building some strong cars because Eric Amarola, as I mentioned uh, before, you know, he was my pick to win this race and he got another top five. He finished in third. I was a little disappointed. So for everything I was saying about Matt Kenseth and we were kind of talking about the fact that here he is, he was getting set up to maybe win and upset the field. He couldn't get out of the way. He wasn't fast enough on that restart. Then he even admitted it in the re- in the in the interviews after the race. And he held up Eric Amarola. I was screaming at the TV because I'm like, get out. If you have a fast car, then go. But if you're holding up a driver, that that frustrates me more than anything when I watch racing is you got slow drivers holding up other drivers and they can't wreck because if Eric would have pushed him at that point, at that restart, he would take him out the whole field. It's because drivers stall. But do you think he stalled on purpose? Do you think his car just wasn't fast enough? He didn't go through the gears fast enough? Like. What, did they say anything about that? Did he that his tires slip? No, he just really had a slower car on the restart. Our top five finishers were Kevin Harvick in first, Matt Kenseth in second, Eric Amarillo third, Brad Keselowski fourth, and Cole Custer fifth. Now I wonder how our um Let's Go Racing family race picks did, Mom. So I think this week our winner was Dad, who picked Eric Amarillo and he finished in the top five. So he got two points. Uh, I got one point because somehow Joy Logano made it in the top 10. Thank you, Joy Logano. And Johan got a point, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, because he got Tyler Reddick. Thank you, Tyler Reddick. And that was a surprise pick for me last week. I was completely shocked. And then to see him run in top, five, top 10... Uh, to finish the race. And did he run top five at all during the race? Yeah, he was on the restart that Hamlin did what Harvick did earlier. And Sebastian's pick, Kyle Busch, came in sixth place. So he also got one point. So we did pretty well. But again, Tony was the winner this week. Wait, but then I have a question. Yeah. What's the point standings in the um, race pick? That's a great question. So total point standings is me. In first place with seven points, your mother and your brother Sebastian are tied for second with six points apiece. And then, Johan, you have three. And unfortunately, Giovanni has been picking drivers that decide to take the weekend off. Four weeks in a row. Woo! Zero points. And you have no points yet. But that'll probably change uh, because, you know, well, we'll see. Let's So let's get into it. Next week, we are going to Kentucky Speedway for the Quaker State 400. And this is a track that was actually supposed to happen on Saturday, but because of COVID-19, they moved the race to Sunday. As usual, no practice, no qualifying. And now, 
it's time to pick our drivers. So what are you guys thinking? So actually, why don't we do it this way? Since, um, well, <laughs> it's going to sound a little self-serving. I was going to say the winner or the lead person should probably always get to pick first, but we'll reverse it. Yeah, we'll let's say do, I was going to say, let's do this week. Let's have Giovanni. Yeah, Giovanni. Not only because and then he Johan, has and then the way. least amount of points, but also because this is technically his home track. Yeah, that's true. So Giovanni, you get to pick from any driver because that's the thing. That's why you want to go first. Because then you get to pick from everybody and then everybody else, you know, has to take what's left over. You could so pick you weird. get to pick from all the drivers that are in the Cup Series. Who do you think has got the best shot to win in Kentucky this weekend? Uh, well, it's a driver who's young. He just got introduced to the Cup Series. He's been showing some promising moves. Uh, I'm going to go with Tyler Reddick. Wow, Tyler Reddick. And then he wrecks stuff. Why are you going to do that? All right, Johan, you're next. Who are you picking to win in Kentucky? Last year's winner, the number one, defeated his younger brother, K.U. Bush. All right, Kurt Bush. He's been up and down this year. I mean, I've seen him run in top five. He's been leading races. I don't think, and has he won yet this year? No. 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 So I think he's going to be the first Bush so brother be, to ooh. win. That is a shot across the bow to you, Sebastian. He just called your man out. He just called number 18 out. He said that his young, his older brother, believe it or not, is going to win before he will. What do you think about that? Well, I'm pulling an Uno reverse card because I'm going with the other Bush brother. The first one to win the Cup Series race at Kentucky, and he came close last year. So Kyle Bush for me. Well, he ain't beating my man because he can't beat his older brother. We'll see about that. All right. And well, then, Karen, where Sebastian are you going? Sebastian took my guy because, you know, there's only been a few races at this track since they started in 2011. Um, I was going to pick Kyle Bush, but I'm going to have to go with, and it's really hard to say his name because I'm not a fan, but he does well at this track, so he better do good. It'll give us even more reason to see you Uh-oh. get upset with this driver. Who is it? Because there's there's quite a few actually that I'm going through my mind who you don't you're not huge fans of. So I don't know which one it could be. Who are you picking? I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. I knew oh, it. <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, that was all right. Hard. When is it good? So hard. Track. He's another championship. Would driver. you like me to get you a cup of water to wash it all down? All right. So you're going with Martin Truex Jr. You know what? I think I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I think, I don't know. I just have a feeling he's going to do something this weekend. He got I think smacked in win. the wall last year. Well, I think he's going to redeem himself and bring that car down to uh, victory lane. So None I'm of y'all are beating my man. All right. So this week, it'll be interesting. Again, it's a Sunday race at Kentucky Speedway. Pretty exciting. Uh, I think it's, what, a mile and a half. So should be some good racing this weekend. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. So this week, Sebastian is going to tell us who I need to connect to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. Now, recently on Disney Plus... 
the hit musical Hamilton was released, starring Lin-Manuel Miranda. And you have to connect Lin-Manuel Miranda to NASCAR. Wow. That one, I'm not going to lie. This one was a little bit more difficult than in past because you cannot get maybe further away from NASCAR unless you went into like politics or something. Um, So yeah, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Now, what's interesting is not only did he star, but he also is really the creator. He read a book and it inspired him and he wrote the story and he wrote the play. So he's a man of many talents on Broadway. But he's also been in movies recently. In fact, he recently starred in what movie? What Disney movie? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. He played Jack the Lamplighter. Who else was in that movie that may help us connect to NASCAR? How about the actor that played Michael Banks? The Again, the child from the first movie that grew up. Well, that actor's name is Ben Whishaw. Well, Ben has voiced... Paddington Bear from the live action Paddington Bear 1 and 2, but he also plays the head of research and development for a certain British Secret Service agency. Yes, Sebastian's eyes have lit up. I think he's got it. He plays Q in the Daniel Craig James Bond films. Well, we all know that Daniel Craig starred in the 2017 comedy heist movie Logan Logan Lucky. Lucky. Yes. Logan Lucky is essentially Ocean's Eleven that meets NASCAR with a bunch of NASCAR drivers that were in the movie. And you had like Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Busch. And what was interesting about the way that they were in the movie, not only did some of them play themselves in certain roles, like Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy and Daryl Waltrip, they actually played themselves as announcers. But like, for example, Ryan Blaney was in the movie. But he, I don't think he played himself in, in any other scene. The scene that I do remember, he was he played like a delivery guy. Yeah. So the, the guy, so the guys that's uh, Johan uh, Giovanni mentioned, excuse me, um, they played like chauffeur, uh, police officer. So they had different roles that they were not NASCAR drivers. Yeah. So it was it was actually it's a really good movie. So in any event, that's how you connect Lin Manuel Miranda to NASCAR and less than six degrees. So as we wrap up today's show, we want to take us through our racing through life segment. And it seems like this is the most serious part of our show. And at least it feels like it's been uh, the last few months, Um, but it is the reality of the world that we live. And that's one of the things about NASCAR that I'm so appreciative is that they have taken the risk to, um, to race. Even though we can't do it with fans in the stands, these drivers, these teams are risking their own health uh, to bring us a sport, to give us some kind of diversion in a time when we kind of need it because of all of the things that are going on in the world and will continue. I mean, we've had this COVID uh, coronavirus um, has been a, a huge story and a big part of everyone's lives around the world for over four months. And depending on the place in the world, it's been even longer than that. You know, it became an issue for us here in the States when everything started shutting down. And that wasn't until late February, early March. And so that's only about four or five months ago. But in any event, the reality of COVID has really hit NASCAR and hit NASCAR in a really, really huge way. So, Johan, why don't you tell our audience what was the big story last week when it came to you NASCAR and COVID? Yeah. Tell us what happened. My favorite driver plus COVID, you put them together, and what do you got? Bad news. 
Yeah. Bad news. Well, again, tell our audience who that driver is. Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy Johnson was uh, tested positive for uh, the coronavirus. And the part of the story, too, is that his wife also has it. And so the good news of it so far is that, well, there's actually a couple of good things. One, it's only him and his wife. So his daughters do not have it. Uh, they're very, they're doing relatively well. Like, I think they're both kind of classified as asymptomatic, which basically means they don't have a lot of the symptoms of the virus. And so um, they're able to manage it. And essentially, he can come back to NASCAR once he passes the test, or it's not really passed, but he is negative for two tests over the course of a 24-hour period. And so I was thinking that, you know, that means you're probably not going to see him for at least a couple of weeks. But then I was, you know, as I do research for the show and everything, I saw that there was one article that was thinking that it's possible he's going to get retested this week. And if he gets negative in both of them, he could be back in his 48 car as early as this Sunday. I personally don't think that will be the case. Again, we don't know when he actually got it. If this virus, you know, gets to a person, it could last as many as, you know, 14 days or two weeks. And so for him, we don't know exactly when it started, but he apparently is going to get retested and see if he'll be in the car. I won't be surprised if he skips another week and then he comes back um, the following week. Well, one of the things that we just recently learned from COVID from a somebody that we know is that it doesn't necessarily always last the 14 days. This person had it for, I believe she said it was just like two, three days. Uh, so there's a chance that he's not going to be out that long because I actually did think, well, it was probably going to be a month because you got to wait the, you know, for it to go through the 14 days. Then after that, you have to also, you know, um, still kind of quarantine and be tested. So I was going to give him a month. So hopefully he'll be back before yeah. that month. I, I mean, I think we all kind of want to see him back. He is, you know, I was reading about Jimmy in his last season. It's probably the worst way to send off one of the greatest drivers to ever drive, right? When Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt Jr. retired, they were given a send off, right? Every track celebrated them. They did a huge thing and the fans came out in droves to see him. And I believe that would have happened for Jimmy Johnson, seven time champion. And still has a chance of winning an eighth before he leaves, which would be a Cinderella-type story. Better than senior and I, petty. I don't want to get into that right now. You know my feelings about that. Dale Jun uh, Dale Sr. is the greatest driver to well, ever Well, Sr. put himself into the wall at the brick, the first one because he wanted to lead the first lap. Jimmy Johnson ain't doing that. You're talking about the brickyard? Mm -hmm. But that's more of like a he, motivation thing, like... Dale Earnhardt All right. Senior. We're not going to get into who's better right now, but what I will say is Jimmy Johnson was supposed to get a send-off of all send-offs, if you think about it. And he's having to do this now and race in tracks with no fans because of COVID. And now he's been, you know, tossed in because he is one of the major faces of NASCAR. NASCAR is going through a lot with everything that's going on around um uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and Bubba Wallace. And it's good things that NASCAR is doing, but they're getting a lot of flack from fans and, and other. Well, I, you know what? I don't even know if I want to call those folks fans because they said it. I don't want to like NASCAR anymore. So, you know what? We're not going to call those people fans, critics of the sport. But at the end of the day, that takes a toll on you when people are constantly throwing barbs at you. 
And he's a, a, a driver who's not afraid now to be in the forefront. He's really the reason why all the drivers and the teams came together the way they did a few weeks ago uh, at the beginning of the race. What race was that when they all walked with Bubba Wallace? Talladega. Was it Talladega? Mm-hmm. That was a that was an idea. He, he just had an idea. He said, I'm going to go stand next to him. He let his fellow drivers know. And before you know it, all the drivers, all the teams were like, we're going to march him to the front. You know, that's Jimmy Johnson. So for a guy like him to go through what he's going through in his in his last season, it's kind of unfair. But you know what? He's 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 a champion of champions. And, uh, you know, I'm 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 just hopeful he can get back on the track because he is the face of NASCAR. And I think he's a great representative of the sport. And, you know, I, I miss seeing him out there. I know, of course, no one misses him as much as Johan, and he was pretty sad. In fact, when we heard the news, we were in the car uh, going to get some food, and Johan happened to be with us. And I actually was worried about his reaction, and we told him. And I think, Johan, you just stared out the window. I think yeah, he was in shock. shock. He was literally in shock. He didn't know what to say. It took him a little while to process the fact. Yeah, he didn't understand. And if you think about it, just from a sports standpoint, you know, Jimmy had raced in like 600 and something consecutive races. So for this to be the reason why his streak broke, it's just crazy. But it is what it is. We are where we are. But the good news is he's not been suffering physically as much as, you know, other people have. And he's, again, being gracious about it, even saying, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm doing okay. You know, it stinks. And he's more concerned. And as a father, this kind of impacted me when he said the thing that bothers him the most is that his little girls are kind of nervous and almost a little afraid because they don't want to get it and their parents have it. And it's like, how do you manage that? So, you know, I can only imagine if, if God forbid mom and I got it. How are you guys going to react, you know? I know who to um, um, drop your daughters with. Your old crew chief, Chad Canals. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Chad Canals would step up and he would do it for them because they are probably great friends. Um, but Chad Canals is a little busy right now. And I'm sure that Jimmy and his wife want to have their daughters close by. You've mentioned NASCAR and the coronavirus. And now a whole bunch of other sports are starting back up like the nba is beginning their disney um season yeah the disney bubble as they've called it i'm actually super excited about that from a just a sports fan standpoint to see that play out i think it's going to be a fascinating story and you know again god willing everything goes well and and players don't come down with uh coronavirus and you know i'm sure they're going to be some players we just don't want like entire teams to get it. And I think they're going to take enough precautions that it, it's going to work and it's going to work well. And, and just the idea that take coronavirus out of it, the idea of having all of these high level NBA players and teams in one location for an, for a tournament, that's, that's Olympic level. Like that's the only other time you can think about basketball players of this caliber from across the NBA, all being in one location for a tournament. It's the Olympics. Right. And champ and that and, and world championships. So and those are those are big deals. Now, the major difference, obviously, is no fans. There are not going to be any fans in the stands. So, again, I think it's interesting that NASCAR of all major sports in this country has kind of taken the lead. 
And I'm sure the people in the NBA executive office are looking at what NASCAR has done to get these races and televise them and to protect the player, uh, the, the drivers and the teams. And I think they're going to use a lot of that to help inform how they do this NBA bubble and Major League Baseball is next later in July. Uh, Major League Soccer is also starting up in July. And eventually, at some point, the NFL is going to start to kick off their season. So it'll be really interesting. And I think, honestly, a lot of those sports are all kind of looking at NASCAR. And so anyway, for for all of the challenges that NASCAR has had the last few weeks with people, you know, again, not fans, critics criticizing the sport. I think it says something that the ratings have been up, you know, obviously there's not a lot of other sports options on. But still, that doesn't mean people are forced to turn it on. I mean, if it's not interesting, people aren't going to watch. They'll find something else. There's Netflix, there's Disney Plus. So you can't say, well, it's just because there's no other sports. Bottom line, the ratings are up. And the ratings for the Brickyard were up like a lot. Like I think it was like 30 or 40% over last year's race. So it does say, say something about the sport. So Giovanni, why don't you take us out? Well, guys, that's actually going to wrap up this week's episode thank you so much for listening on in don't forget to like subscribe and download our podcast episode so you can listen to us whenever you want let's go racing family out Peace.